Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Herbert. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Dude, were you mid trick? Yeah, I'm mid trick, killing a fly. That will you'll pick it up on the mic. You know, it's one of those. Come on, buddy. There it is. Dude, it is. I have no jokes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if I could start, holy shit, dude, you weren't joking. Yeah, now, I do feel like I'm walking in on a trick. By the way, you're gonna flip that around. And like you're gonna be the fly, and your face is gonna be on the portfolio. The would be like, uh, yeah, that I I is wish that I was trick? that prepared. I wish I was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, oh no, this is, this is my college diploma. Why did I use this? <laughs> how you doing? Good man. If hey, I, good. I've spent the. Uh, how are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. You. Uh, this is a. It feels like I'm in the same room with you. This is nice. We're hanging. Yeah. I, I do like the uh, one of my favorite parts about getting to you know do these zooms as you get you know you get your choice of of backdrop if you're uh, you know doing this right and I mean dude you you look like this looks like a house I would visit if I just got married uh, like the open house what uh-huh. I'm say is you're, you look very you're, you're a very put together. I have uh, nothing to do with that part. Come on, my wife's an interior wife. designer, so this is her. Yeah, that's shut up. No wonder the it looks so good. Tapestry work. Yeah, now, exactly. Do interior designers take, uh, like, are they flattered when someone's like, "Your place looks like a place I would buy." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you know you want to you yeah. Oh, it looks like it's out of a magazine. You know. Like if someone um, walked into your house and they saw your meal, they're like, "This looks like the plastic food that they sell." At uh, like at Fisher Price, or it looks like the plastic food they would have set out for an open house. I think right. you probably would take. <laughs> then you, you might, might be offended. In, yeah, you but might be offended like, there. This looks like the food and the pictures and the menu. Yeah, I guess it depend depends like on the that. restaurant. Yeah. Now, is there an equivalent to magic for that, where it's like if someone sees a really good trick and they're like, "Oh, you, uh, you're, um, you're, you're good." Yeah. Know, well, they would it? say, "Oh, that looks like a trick." Uh, that my buddy that does, saw, who's also a magician. And you're like, no, he's yeah. not. I haven't heard of him. There's that like six of us. My uncle does. When he's, when he's wasted, he does the trick. It pulls, please, yeah, pulls his ear off. Please tell me you get like the way comics do. And I'm sure our mutual friend Dan Levy can, has probably, mm-hmm. you guys have probably discussed this where, you know, you get friends and family that go, oh, you do this. And something in the arts where it's, I'm sure musicians get it too with pitched song titles or album cover ideas. But the way a comic gets pitched jokes pre and post show or from family through text or whatnot. Oh, yeah. Do you get that? Is that 
I, that seems harder I will to me. Get, it's hard, well, what's, what's sad is that, you know, I'm sure you have someone after a show, they're like, hey, I got a great joke, and then they tell it to you, and it doesn't take too long, hopefully. Yeah, but it's usually, by the often, way, surprisingly yeah. very racist or anti-Semitic and, uh, and not something that's going to make its way into the act, but, some, but I'm like, I will be telling this story later involving you, sir. Yes. I'm a woman. Fair enough. St. Louis is a big, big city, but, uh-huh. uh, but it's usually something that is like not even close to what, like, you know, comedically that I would fuck with. But so but they're like, get? and hey, Adam, you can do that one if you want. You're like, oh, Thanks. dude, the you can have it where you're like, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, it's literally going to be told to one other person just for the sake of kind of ripping you apart but what do you what do you get in the magic from? well i will get somebody hey can i show you a trick that i do but it, it's never like a quick trick it's never like but ow you know it's like okay so i got a deck of cards i'm gonna deal out <laughs> by the way but piles of seven like the original tada right but ow yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but ow could have been a thing but tada it just it really stole <laughs> it's it stuck you. dude yeah but okay, the so tricks it'll... i get shown involve like piles of cards and counting all right, I'm going to do 21 piles of seven cards, okay? And then, cool, and now let's redo it. Now I'm going to do 21 piles of six cards. And you just, you forget even what card you picked. And, I'm, and, you know, a lot of times it's like a kid, so I have to, by the end, just act like they're right, even oh when I don't remember. Oh, my God. Because crushing so. a kid magician's dreams is probably one of the worst things you can do. Well, because then they're going to become a comic, you know? <laughs> so you got to be careful. Nice, dude. Wait, you got to be get careful. Some- did you get support from the fam when you you've been fucking with magic since what age? I've been fucking with it since I was twelve. That seems so. That seems that's uh, that's young. It is young, that's right? Young. I remember buying like the fake coloring book from a magic store in Seattle, where you f- turn the pages from the middle and it's fully uh, colored in. You pull it from the top and it's black and white uh, outline. You oh, you, you mean? Oh my God, you have it. Oh my God, yes, that exact book. That's yeah. Oh my God, I just made a magic kit. I've been making. I made a magic kit to to sell online and raise money for COVID relief. That's why I happen to have that. This isn't like from my repertoire. It's not a new bit I'm working on. It's not from my closet as a kid. What if you also might be? I mean, it's in mint. It's in mint condition. So. That's but amazing. yeah, you were describing it, right? You kind of, they're all black and white. Yep. Color it, you got to kind of rub the color from the cover and badow, and then, <laughs> and then it's color. And, but in order to use it again, you got to erase the color. And uh, oops, I erased too much, right? Oh. Am I bringing back nostalgia for you? Oops, I erased too much, not to be confused, which was the original title for Oops, I Did It Again. But Brittany's like, dude, this oops, is... Yes. Her people are like, this is not going to uh, be as catchy. Wait a second, that even just that when do you pick up that stuff the in between like hey the trick is done right is that kind of what that is yeah yeah you know i've, I've been magic- accused of always looking like i'm about to do a trick like hmm you know like i don't know you know what what i'm what i'm doing here but you know like always about to do a trick and when <laughs> does that that probably came about like maybe in high school because in high school you know like i was obsessed so i was you know like i would have a deck of cards like under my desk you know, practicing moves. And it looks like I'm playing with myself, you know, to anybody else, but I'm For like sure. Which is a great decoy, by the way, if you're trying to, let's be honest, you know, magicians that are starting out, masturbation, a great way to kind of take focus off of what's really happening with the card. Yeah, Mas- is he masturbating? Is he practicing card tricks? Either way, it's creepy. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah. 
Wait, so you but, would really uh, under the desk in school just kind of, what, just like getting the, I guess your hands the, used You're trying to, to get the hands. Yeah, you're trying to, you know, like there's little moves with cards that just require repetition, you know, and every, like most, you know, I'm at my desk, which is why I just have a bunch of shit around here. But like most uh, of these card moves, you know, it's like, okay, I got to kind of do this thing, you know, that kind of, whatever. Uh, I learned them in high school and I couldn't, like every every sleight of hand bit I know is from what I learned in high school. Like I couldn't learn to do that stuff now because I'm too ADD. I don't have like the, you know, when you're when you're young, you're like a sponge. You know, like my biggest regret oh, yeah. is I didn't learn to play the guitar when I was a kid because you know you feel like you just learn it when you're a kid. I know. As an adult, I think you just feel like a, a failure. You know, and you totally. You're up. like I missed my chance. Also, exactly. there's a lot of other things to fill your time with now versus as a kid. Did you? So who got you into it, folks? Well, let's see. I broke my arms when I was 12 because I was riding my bike with rollerblades on, <clears throat> trying to impress some girls. And I was in cast for six months. And there's a true story. I had a doctor who kind of recommended that I learn magic, prescribed me card tricks as physical therapy. That's how I got into it. Parents bought me a bunch of magic kits, you know, this kind of stuff. And then uh, growing up in St. Louis, there's kind of like a full-on magic community, like a, a subculture where you would have these you know, every other Wednesday night, we you meet in the basement of the Presbyterian Church, it's the Society of American Magicians. And it's like me, maybe one other 14-year-old kid, and then a bunch of 80-year-old dudes. And everyone is kind of connected because of this mutual love of the craft. And you kind of have these mentors and you kind of like, oh, I want to learn card tricks. So I'm going to hang out with this guy for a little while. Oh, coin tricks. That's really cool. Let's start hanging out with this guy. And you really, uh, it's a very sharing, kind of kind, loving uh world you know and so i was very lucky i because there's no youtube tutorials when i was starting out you right. either read it from a book or you have to learn from somebody so that was uh that was kind of my upbringing weird creepy church church basement hangs yeah i was gonna say like the having someone around you that is experienced in it i used to hang out with my uh mom when she worked as the like social activities director for like a senior citizen home and there's always this weird guy upstairs who would play pool he ended up like teaching me how to play pool and you know, I'm all right, but this guy was like kind of my, you know, mentor for that. But it was just this weird guy that hung around the nursing home. I don't even know if he was like supposed to be there, but he was always there and had access to the pool hall. And I don't know how I would have learned how to play it all had I not been around that guy. And you probably gave and that, that guy, guy Scott Bale. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, That's where he is now. That's where yeah, he is now. He's still there. Uh, well, you probably made that guy's day every day. You asked like, hey, can you show me some tricks? You know, ask show all me some, the some moves. And yeah. it made him so happy. Yeah. Uh, when, when did you feel like, uh, obviously as a kid and you start to pick up and get a little bit of like trust in yourself and like, okay, I've, because I, I would uh, venture to assume that once you start getting obsessed with the art form that you're just like, like anything, like you said, like with a, as a kid does becoming obsessed and practicing, I mean, were you just constantly trying to master a handful of tricks or were you like, I want to, like, was it overwhelming to where you're like, I just want to learn everything and I'm reading and, and trying everything? Or were you like, let me get a couple things down and start doing those to friends and family and then kind of move on? Yeah, you know, I think it was, it was very much like, I want it all now. I want to know everything. Um, I think Baruch the Assault first, approach. Exactly. But yeah. the, the first, I think, task was to have a show. I needed to have an act, you know, because I think to me, at least to my, my dad, what really made him enthusiastic about supporting it is that 
oh, it's like an entrepreneurial endeavor. You can do gigs, you can make money, you know? So I was like getting right. paid 45 bucks to do a kid's birthday party. So I had like an act, you know, I had my 30 minute show. Once I had that down, like I really wanted to know everything. I'd go to these magic lectures and I want to learn how to do doves, you know? So I then owned 12 doves and I became a dove guy. You know, I want to learn real? how to, yeah, for real. Yeah, like Lance Burton, I saw him when I was a kid. Vegas magician, oh yeah, you know, dapper in the tux, like he was one of the best, the, right? The guy, one of the best, one of the best, and he would do a dove act uh, in his show, and it was like to classical music, and it was just beautiful. I mean, he's he's just like folding up handkerchiefs and doves. Are, it's like there's nothing that makes an audience like just shit themselves with like how the fuck is this happening because there's just doves coming out, and when you see a bad dove act, it's it's very cringy because you can kind of tell where the doves are coming from. You're like, this guy looks like he's lost 50 pounds from the beginning of the act to the end. I think the doves were in his jacket, you <laughs> yeah. know, but Lance does it so elegantly. So um, that really inspired me. I started doing a dove act, trying to come, you know, I think pretty early trying to come up with my own tricks. I, I, I learned because I was exposed to these smart magicians that there's the tricks that everybody does, the hacky material. You can do that stuff really well and that's okay but it's great when you can do a trick that nobody else does or do a trick in a way that nobody else does. So that, that's where my head started going of like, oh, I can, I guess now that I understand the principles of magic, just like you learn the chords on a guitar, you can yeah. then kind of write, you learn cover songs before you write your own songs. I think with magic, you kind of learn how it all works and then you can kind of remix it and come up with your own stuff. The same way like an athlete would, you know, go to a game, probably like seeing Michael Jordan live and get inspired to, to up your game. Was that, similar for you hundred percent seeing seeing, seeing yeah. lance burton seeing penn and teller you know wow. that, that was big i remember seeing them as a kid and you know like they were so different than any magic that i'd seen i don't even know if i would have called them magicians as a kid you know they were just like illusionist or what? illusion just like uh what would i call them like social commentator comedy magic duo like i don't yeah. they were just like awesome you know yeah. they would every time they would like blow your mind with a trick they would also then like reveal how a different thing worked and it just was and the performer breaking. entertained the aspect of it <clears throat> which you're fucking incredible at like not only like seeing you at the magic castle up close was such a treat because now seeing magic for humans season three so good. I don't know how you top each season, by the way. And it's, I mean, your likability factor uh, on top of uh, your tricks, stunts, illusions, whatever you're calling it, mind fucks. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if there's one word to really title it all. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, like you have, uh, your showmanship is like so good and so strong well, thanks man and even at the magic castle man again that's what really like blew me away because in a confined it's almost like you know for a comic which you know your comedy chops are did you do stand-up at all ever i never did just no. stand up no i mean i idolized stand-ups and then in college like my i was befriended stand-ups but i never did school with dan and eliza yeah Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But Dan, I would have so been Dan in your group, but I not got waitlisted. By the way, I got into oh, really? SC. I wanted to go to Emerson, got waitlisted, oh, and wow. then SC was like, "We'll take this Jew," and I was like, "Hell yeah!" You maybe you, could, you know, and they put that in the letter. So I was like, "All right, we'll like, take this Jew." Wow, short letter, <laughs> short acceptance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, but, but you know, Dan was able to like bring me into the fold of the Boston comedy community, 
and you know, I would go to open mics with him. So I would always be doing magic, but I would do jokes in tricks and between tricks. So it kind of felt like stand up with a crutch. A yeah. Bit. Were you kind of studying like when you would go to shows with him or just talk to him about comedy or, or just watch? Well, you know, I'm so lucky that I had him in my life early because uh, without that, I feel like magi- the whole magic community, you don't have anyone really to help you police yourself. Like, the, like to learn the difference between uh, a good laugh and a, and a shitty laugh. Like, Justin, you're doing that hacky joke and it kills. For him to then explain to me why I still shouldn't do that joke. But I'd be like, but it kills. It gets a huge laugh. He's like, there's a good laugh and there's not a good laugh. Oh, you know? wow. like, like, so that was like eye-opening and realizing like, oh yeah, if you do a joke that people feel like they've heard another guy do because they have, like, it, just because it kills doesn't mean it, it's a good kill. Yeah, you want to so, have like some integrity with like the material you're putting out there, right? Yeah, and I feel like in magic, you know, like the presentation, the jokes, all that part of it, like uh, so rarely do you have anyone to, who knows what they're talking about to teach you that, you know, because you're, right. you're, you're busy focusing on the tricks, not the presentation. And I think if you, you've been in the magic castle enough to see some cringy magic performances where it's yeah. kind of like they're not laughing with him. They're kind of like, you know, it's... Also, it's it's when somebody again to compliment your like personable likable the likability factor, and to be someone that's engaging to watch and listen to, that I'm sure like helps when you're trying to, sometimes you know. And again, I can't even begin to try to understand how you do any of your stuff. But if you're you're obviously trying to distract us at some points, right, from seeing what you're about to do, and I never. Because that then adds to the element of surprise and holy shit, how the fuck did he do that? If somebody's boring as hell, you're maybe not paying attention. And then you're like, well, I'm just going to watch his hands or his, right. I don't know, right? Is that? A hundred percent. Like okay. the, the, the gab, the, the storytelling, the jokes, all that, like. Is you smile a lot. Like it's, you make, you want people to watch you, which I think, you know, feeds, feeds into the. Uh, the, the total package. Yeah, you know, like Dan, I don't know how young he was when you met him, but like, you know, I met, he started doing well, online at like, like 12. And then, yeah, <laughs> we both thought we were like talking to uh, it's a, yeah, it was. So we met and then we met it in like a support group for kids that got, um, yeah, we thought we're talking that. to like McDonald's mascots. And there's like a whole uh, yes. separate chat thing where it's like, oh, I'm Grimace. It turns out to be you know, Earl from Detroit. But so Dan and I met in that. And then it was like, he loves comedy. I love comedy. Do you still perform on Shabbat? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I live my life <laughs> to the fullest. And then, yeah. No, I met him when I think just graduate. We both just graduated and we're doing comedy. He was doing a lot of um, college humor shows. And yes. And yeah. he's actually the first guy that brought me on the road to Kansas City. And then they didn't know that I was, they were, he was bringing me. So, they didn't have a place for me to stay. And then they had to like bump the features, a whole thing and loved Dan. Um, he's so, he was so confident at a young age. You know? I was like, going to say, he seems like he's been Dan Levy his whole life. Yeah. And I remember like when I saw him do comedy, like as a sophomore, you know, like, cause who, even, even in college, like, I don't even know what I, who am I? What do I have to talk about yet? You know, like, some I can be funny, but yeah, for sure. But when you're talking about your life and so that, you know, I kind of like just borrowed his, the, I got inspired by his just crazy bravado confidence that he would totally. do. And I think in, it, it helps with the magic, it, believing your own bullshit. They believe it too, you know? So. Uh, when did you start kind of busting out um, tricks at, at parties or at school? 
and how is it received? You know what I'm saying? Like we're teachers like, Hey man, there's a time and a place. I respect the craft and that you actually look like you're pretty good at it. You definitely fooled me. Um, I canceled the pop quiz because it's, some of the weird shit you put on the wall and it scared me. And I just wanted to go home and be with <laughs> uh -huh. my thoughts or were there like people that were like, oh, fuck it's, this is, this is amazing. Like you should, you know, drop out of school and go pursue this. Like what kind of a balance did you get from? I think I just needed to learn the right place in time. Like there was, uh, you know, I think there was a book. It was a, I'd seen a guy lecture and his little lecture notes were called magic with class, you know, and he's on the cover with the magic wand. And I was kind of like secretly reading this book in class and the teacher grabbed it. They're like magic with class, not in class, Justin confiscated my book and I felt burned. But then, there were, <laughs> you know, like in, in high school specifically, I was the only magician in my high school. So the teachers, I think sometimes when they had lost control of the class or it gets a little rowdy, it's kind of like, all right, Justin, you got it. You're going to, you got a trick for us, you know? So I would kind of like come in as the ringer sometimes and do a trick, but, uh, I didn't have like a click. Like I wasn't like, uh, I didn't have like my tight group of friends. I was kind of like this drifter. Uh, and you know, with magic, you kind of, you kind of get to be, you know, accepted for as long as you're doing tricks for, and then it's kind of like, okay, I don't, I don't have anything else to talk about guys. I'm going to back away slowly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan, reached out, said, I love the pod, would love to some send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, they're cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped, all by him. Um... And you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scents. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co. Uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up the shop and then pick your candles, and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%! Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and, uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better, okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. Cool was important. I mean, if I, I, was, I, I didn't really have a bullying issue. Just because I was the only magician, it was kind of like, cool, hey, magic guy. Maybe I wasn't even aware I was being bullied. Looking right. back, that could be the case. Did, uh, did, did you use magic to... Um... I don't know, get girls or get, um, 
you know, like for me, it was like when I was a, a fat kid growing up and I would make start to become the funny kid, then people that I weren't friends with were like, oh, yeah, invite him to this fucking thing because that guy's funny. And they wouldn't see that I was double fisting Pop-Tarts. So, like, was there <laughs> was there that kind of same thing with you where, like, it got you attention? Like, because, like, being the only magician in high school, especially, were they, like, could perform at the assembly or teachers were like, hey, could you do our break room party that's happening you know, we get fucked up pre-PTA meeting. Like maybe you come perform a little bit. Like, did you get- hundred percent. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like, uh, because ma like by the time high school came around, I've been doing magic for like five years and, and I'm sure the same case with just, you know, being in high school and being funny. It's like, it's not like, uh, did you use comedy to pick up girls? It's like, well, I'm, it's not like you ever use comedy or don't use comedy. It's like, right. I'm, it's part of my personality. So I'm always going to be funny. So they're like, okay, then, you know, Adam's funny. He's not turning it on or off. He's funny with me as a magician. Magic was a part of my personality, so I kind of like always had a trick on me. Right. So, and you know, when you're being funny, there's a confidence that's exuded that people are drawn to. And I think when you're doing magic, obviously you're kind of like challenging the laws of the universe. So there's kind of a intrigue that, that comes out of it. And I also, I mean, I think the reason I became a magician is because I didn't know, didn't know how to talk to girls, didn't know what to say. So magic kind of became the, the kind of became the default personality Icebreaker, trait. right? Yeah, hundred percent. What was the trick that you would always kind of have on hand if you were like maybe going to a, a, a birthday party where you're like, "There's gonna be girls here." Like Denise is gonna be there, and I know that she loves sleight of hand. She loves like yeah. close eye magic, but she also loves like, she loves the quarter trick. Like if I fucking just, I gotta bring at least a roll of quarters. Maybe like do the trick seven or eight times. Maybe she's you know surprised every time. She's not the smartest girl. But that's not. It's not why I'm into her, but it's, you know, she, she, she suspends her disbelief. That's why right. I, I dig her. Maybe it's, maybe it's meter parking and I'm going to need some quarters too. So I got, yeah. got that covered with my roll of quarters. Right. Was I, would, I would never leave the house without the, uh, my sponge bunnies. Okay. Now, <laughs> Can you say that in 2020? Sponge bunnies, baby. There are these little <laughs> foam rabbits. You've oh, seen the man. sponge ball trick, you know? Oh yeah. So these are like, they're, they're, they're made to look like little bunnies. And, you know, I would, help, I would squeeze one, it would jump from my hand to her hand, and, and then they would have babies at the end, a bunch of little baby bunnies. Oh, dude. And so this trick is adorable, but also literally fornication is happening. I was gonna say, dude, you're getting them to start thinking, and you're talking about building a family. You're like, we could be these <laughs> yes. sponge bunnies, bunnies. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't think of it like that. Wait, so how would you, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, so you're blowing people's minds at this stage in life. And are you, when, when do you start thinking career-wise of like, all right, I need to, because dude, you're, you know, it's crazy that I'm sure there are people now discovering you for the first time mm -hmm. uh, from Magic for Humans, uh, which by the way, you know, I have no- podcast, I'm sure. Oh yeah, dude, this is going to take you up to this season four is probably going to be sent to you right after this drops. Nice. But I, you know, I've known of you for, I think even back to Cupcake Wars days and before that, I've known you, I think, since I've known Dan, which is, I think, since 2005 or six, And um, and just, you know, with, even with your Comedy Central, was it Slide of Mouth, right? Was your Slide of Mouth, yeah. yeah. Comedy Central um, special. So just being like, oh, when is, you know, and then, and then getting, like, really into, like, David Blaine and knowing all the guys and Burton and Copperfield and stuff, and I'm like, when's this guy going to get his – his, his, you know, like, I'm like, I feel like you're on the, on the up and up and on Conan and, um, 
uh, Ellen and uh, uh, Tonight Show, right? Did you do with uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Jay or was that with Conan? Yeah, I did with Jay and with uh, Yeah, that's Jimmy. right. Yeah. And so clearly it's like, all right, there's just this, all the, st- the chips are getting stacked. Are you during that time just kind of sitting back and being patient and being like, all right, like my time's coming to where something like Netflix where you're going to get that global introduction, right? And really, uh-huh. or, or are you like, you know what? I'm working. I'm hosting shows. I'm on all the, I'm getting as much like FaceTime as you could want. You did fucking magic for the Obama family. Apparently that's yeah, yeah. bonkers. That Please was talk bonkers, about yeah. that. That was badonk. What? Badonk. Uh, well, yeah. What was yeah. my magic phrase? Badow. Badow. Did you? <laughs> yeah. How did that come about? Well, and then so I'll that finish was, my um, question. Yeah, that was, uh, they were having a Halloween party. And, um, I, like back when I was growing up, I used to do the show every summer at this uh, little community that my family had a summer house in called Chautauqua on the Mississippi River. Nice. Not glamorous. We're talking near Grafton, Illinois. It's like, it's, it's, it's rural. And, um, it's where the sponge bunnies uh, live. Sponge bunnies. Yeah. And this girl who, when she was like a little girl would see me do shows every summer. And then she ended up being an intern at the white house and was like, you guys need a magician. I know a guy. So that was like a right place at the right time. That was oh my incredible. God. Wait, yeah. so did she reach out to you or to the she White House? She reached out to me. She reached out to me. So, hey, um, was, kind of yeah. a weird call. Um, uh-huh. First of all, how are you? Do you, are you still, you're good. So it's like you're, so she'd obviously probably seen you all over the web. She'd and the see TV, me right? and then, yeah, I'm sure we were Facebook friends from, uh, from very young, you know? So what was, please tell me your reaction when she's like, kind of weird request. I, I was the in the White middle House. of shooting a season of Cupcake Wars, and then she's like, hey, this is a yeah, weird request. Uh, in one week, we're having like, so there's no lead time. The uh, Halloween party, you know, we can't pay you or anything, and we can't fly you out. We can put you up for a night. Because <clears throat> you can imagine the flack the Obama administration would get for, they spent thousands of dollars on a magician. I mean, you, you, yeah. you would yeah, never yeah. hear. That'd be yeah, bad for, for all of us. Yeah. So, um uh, Cupcake Wars like shifted the shoot schedule around because they were like all hyped about this opportunity and kind of flew out, big did time. it, flew right back. And it was so, I mean, it was so surreal. It was like, uh, it still doesn't feel real. He, he was heckling me, like in, a, like in a positive way. Like he's the only guy who could be a heckler who's at, every heckler thinks they're helping. Yeah. Obama was helping. Like it was like good heckling. It's like, like egging you on. How's to- this guy doing this? Come on, this guy's a wizard. Are you that, people seeing this? You know, like it was, amazing. it was like, uh, you know, it was a good, good vibe. Were you but more, to answer your question, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, well, were you more nervous for that than you've been for anything? Anything. Or, okay. For anything ever since. Yeah. Because never been to the White House, I'm assuming. Never been to the White House. Was, never met a president. You know, everyone was in a costume too, which was kind of, kind of made it a little easier, but I was he was say, not in a costume. He no. was dressed as Obama in a fleece. That was his costume. Oh my God. So, uh, was walking know, in immediately just feelings of like, holy shit, like, look what I did. In, immediately, you're like, you can't believe the place is so small. Like, cause, cause you're in a, it's a house. You know, you don't really think about that. You know, like, yeah. you're like, oh, wow, it's in a house. And my, you know, it's like Toys R Us when you're there. a kid and then you grow up and you're like, this place is like two aisles. It's exactly. all bikes and board games. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so he, he loved was, it. Uh, he loved it though. He yeah. loved it. He they, loved yeah. it got a photograph it all felt like a blur and a dream and went home and then i'm on the set of cupcake wars the next day you know know, way to come crashing back to reality (laughs) from presidents Uh to cupcakes the name of your memoir exactly welcome to king squad hotel may i have your last name good morning ma'am can i help you 
Oh my, what happened? Bellmen are clumsy and stupid. Still a bellman. You've had this job since high school, right? Well, actually, no. I am the bell captain. Oh. All right, kid, you ready for check-ins? I was born. I think he was gonna say I was born ready. Steve's the captain. Captain Steve. <laughs> the closest thing we have to a god on Earth, Gunther Gashimone! It's worse than I thought. He's a complete slime ball, right? Oh, yeah, no question. Do you feel my foot on your foot? That's not me. There's something under the table that feels like a foot. What are you doing right now? I'm working. I got a promotion. I just lied to Kelly. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. I just want another shot. Sid Whitman worked his way up the ladder and bought the hotel. Mr. Boss, do me a favor. Take it easy on the bellman, would you? I'd rather have crack guard melt my balls. Take care, boys. I mean, it's a huge scam. And those girls were in on it, too. Don't you want to know what our bodies are capable of? Yes, oh, yes, definitely. I just work here during the day, but I, my nights is off. Let's do this! Gunther is conning everyone with Spearfresh. <laughs> You broke into a guest room. This is unacceptable. He has been impersonating a manager. And that is a felony. I don't think that's a felony. He should be fired! Get set! Maybe I'm not sure he's ready for- Shut up, bitch. <laughs> With our minds, we begin to urinate, and then, for real, into our pants. Okay, so so yeah, the question. But, but to answer your question, like being in LA, like okay, you know, waiting for your turn. Like I was, I was kind of always. Okay, I've been in LA since two thousand two. Dan and I moved out here. We lived in the Oakwoods together. So that's what, 18 years. And I think I was always trying to like pitch a thing. Let's, let's come up with a, you know, let's pitch a show. Let's try to get on a magic special or this or that. And it was just kind of rejection after rejection after rejection. Like, cause they were all looking back like, oh, that's a lame idea, you know? Like uh, whatever these weird ideas are. And then I think after several years of rejection, I think I realized, you know what? It's, if it's meant to be, and I do believe it is just, sit back to your work and don't get all antsy. Cause I, I would be very impatient, <clears throat> you know, very like, competitive, very like well, also you're in a, riled a, up. Yeah. There's, there's not, I mean, you could probably count on your hand, the number of like working magicians that have the exposure that you had at this point. Right. And, right. And been mm -hmm. doing like, so you're just like, well, why aren't they like biting at this? Like it's, there's only a few guys kind of above me that are really, out there doing it so so what i think I? a lot of it has to do with that i was going by stage name until like 2010 I was oh going yeah by just, just incredible yes and uh looking back i was like i don't think i would have bought a show from a dude named just incredible either Wait, i'd let where? him do i'd let him do my bar mitzvah but i don't know <laughs> if i'd put him on my network i don't you know? know if i'd let him eat from the kids buffet though it, exactly like, did why why you just felt like you needed a stage name yeah well like i that was my mom gave me that stage name when i was like 13. That's amazing. And I was like, oh, I'll use that for a couple of years, you know? But what, what was ironic is that it became a stage name to do like kids' birthday parties because it was, you know, right on brand for kids' birthdays. Just incredible. And then yeah. I started doing NACA and doing all the colleges. Crushing, and yeah. for some reason, that, the pun worked for that too. So it kind of just became like a, everyone, people are calling, you know, hey, yeah. credible, hey, Creddy. Also, you know, you know what me. you're getting with that name, right? 
Well, do you? What do you think you're getting? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think you, I think you think, I think you think I, that you're in on the joke that we think this is going to be some real kind of cheesy, cheesy cheese ball, but he's going to be self-aware and it's tongue in cheek, which is what it was. Yeah. So it kind of became, it started out earnest for the kids' birthday parties. It's just incredible. And then it became ironic for the colleges. Right. And then it just became sad when I hit 30 <laughs> years old. I mean, sad. I don't know, dude. <clears throat> Listen to some of these quotes. LA Times calls him a new breed of comic who's making magic cool again for the grownups. Playboy dubbed you the freshest and funniest magician working today, which is always sweet to get a Playboy quote. Yeah. Um, because up until that point, you know, the quotes were like, these tits will make you think tits aren't real. Um, <laughs> Time Out says his live show has to be seen to be disbelieved. I mean, those are those pretty are all sweet. quotes about Justin Willman. You know, they they, they weren't saying that about Credible. But, okay, uh, okay. But those are very kind. Yeah, it, I think once I finally ditched the stage name and I was like, kind of wanted to be taken seriously in the comedy world as well, is when things started to fall into place. Wow. Yeah. And you just started getting more people. Well, I started doing like uh, the uh, getting in with like the meltdown scene, you know, yep. Jonah and Kumail uh, had never had any magic on. So we kind of, they, they started having me on every few months. And then I, um, Chris Hardwick and I have the same manager. So I kind of, we, we, he had a YouTube series, the YouTube channel that kind of came out when YouTube did that big launch and gave me a shot there. So it was just, it was kind of when I was just getting my footing in the comedy world. So that was that was great. And, and I was like very nervous that, that uh, comedians are going to give me shit because magician and you know, prop guy. Oh, yeah. and people give Carrot Top a hard time, but it was so much love. Like it was really um, You were finding more, com more comics that were just like envious and, and interested, right? I, I think because they, you know, I think they could see like, okay, he's not just hacky and cheesy. Yeah. He's a magician. Um, and funny. If you're funny, people, funny, and, and funny everything, man. Yeah, people like him. It doesn't kill the mood in a show. You know, maybe you don't want to follow me because, you know, people's brains are on the floor, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I get that. But so I end up having to, you know, close a lot of those random shows, which no one wants to. It's like a three hour show. No one wants to be there at, at 11 p.m. when the show yeah. ends. But, Wait, but so the, uh, it was good. What were some of these uh, YouTube videos? Uh, over like a hundred million uh, yeah. views. What are what were you well, doing? Well, the the Hardwick show was a magic meltdown. That didn't those didn't go crazy viral. Oh, the the well, my wife and I did a wedding uh, magic bit in our first dance for our wedding that kind of went crazy where she levitated me. Holy shit! That was fun. <clears throat> but uh, season one of Magic for Humans, we convinced the dude he was invisible. So that was like the biggest magic thing I had online. And, that and he's, here with, he's here with us right now. Yeah, he's here with us. Derek? Yeah, the invisible guy. <laughs> uh, where do you come up with, I mean, any of your uh, bits? Like, is it, are, are you similar the way a comic will write? Are you just kind of, you know, you, you'll get an idea, put down a little note in your phone, write down in the notepad, then kind of go back and flesh it out later? Or do, do, um, do these bits just come to you in the full, like, in a... In, or is it like, all right, this season, obviously, we kind of focused more on this, so let's try to shift gears to this. I'm always curious, like, because, you know, in comedy, which, uh, you know, what you do, uh, you know, embodies a lot of that, there's always, like, that peeling back and asking more questions. Like, if that's true, then what else? Just to kind of, like, squeeze as much as you can out of a, a joke or a moment. So, you know, is there a similar line of thinking for what you do? 
Yeah, like when I'm writing new stuff for my live show, you know, the, the, note, the note section will be full of just random ideas. It'll either come from like, I want to do a bit about XYZ, like I want to do a bit about parenthood. What's a, because I got a funny idea of what's a trick that exists or that doesn't exist that would help serve that purpose. Or it's like, man, I love this trick. No one's ever, no one's done this trick for 50 years. This would be so badass what's a funny reason to do this trick? You know, so I approach it those two ways. But when we're writing the show, we will typically come up with the themes of the episode. You can hear my son crying in the background. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's good now. <laughs> what uh, was that? Go to your bed? Go to your bed. That's grandma oh, in there. My, oh, man. She's talking to the dog. Yeah. <laughs> the dog. Go yeah, to yeah. your bed. Kid, do whatever you want. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll come up with the themes that we want to explore. So, like, for the, this new season, it's like, okay, we want to talk about the idea of, like, power, self-care, tradition, uh, vices. And then from that theme, we'll like come up with a bunch of random, uh, you know, vices, okay? Gambling, let's do something about gambling. Let's do something about rage. Let's do something about weed, you know? Uh, and then from there, like giving, giving parameters, like, you know, giving lines to draw within makes it really much easier, I think, than a blank page to come up with fun tricks and things to, to explore. The uh, selfie influencer one was really brilliant and fucking crazy. And to see these influencers be so taken aback, also to be, you know, they you could feel a, a healthy amount of just like, we're pretty fucking cool. We, uh, I don't know if you know this, but we post pictures, we get paid to post pictures. And you kind of pulled the rug out from under them and held a, a light up. It was just... It was cool to see them kind of get brought down to a normal human level. You know what I'm saying? And really have their minds blown. Where that that one, obviously, in season three, which people can go watch now on Netflix, where did that uh, all come from and get inspired by? Yeah, you know, I think, because um, sometimes in the show, obviously, we don't want to, like, do a hard takedown on any community or No, whatever, no. But and like it was, everyone, I mean, lo- it's yeah. kind of, but it is kind of a bit of a takedown. I mean, like, not that I have anything against influencers. I mean, I think influencers are famous because of uh, us people, you know, totally. it's their fault. They're like yes. opportunity, opportunity grabbers. But, uh, but also, you know, they, you know, the, it's plenty to make fun of, plenty yes. to lampoon there. Yes. So I wanted to, you know, kind of inspired by just some great mentalism bits, you know, like Darren Brown is an amazing uh, British mentalist who's, you know, a big influence on me and who's, who's so awesome and supportive kind of has these bits where you kind of use a psychological approach that you let the viewers know kind of what, what it is you're doing and, and still get away with it. Uh, I thought it would be fun. You know, the, the, the minutia of the bit didn't come to like a week before we did it, but we, we knew we wanted to do a thing where we influence the influencers, you know, like pull the rug out from the people who yeah. kind of, you know, uh, hypnotize us. And I think the idea came from just, how you'll have a conversation with somebody about uh, a razor and then the next day a razor's on your Instagram, you know, not that that's influencer related, but something just about how, how easily like commerce ties into our, just, we're, we're just brainwashed, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we wanted to, the hard part was finding influencers who <clears throat> you kind of, kind of want to see me punk them, but you also kind of like them. Like the, the, the three that we got, I think were really sweet in that they, oh, yeah. they weren't like butthurt about it. I think they totally. were kind of- They were amazing, respectful. like understanding of how like, wow, like we, 
you know, the things everyone kind of is swayed to do a certain thing by something that you're just completely unaware of. And to see it happen that quickly was pretty astonishing. Like the, th the kind of the layers and the things that added up for them to, you know, do what they did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's nobody there. Hey guys, comedian Adam right here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the About Last Night podcast. Boy, I got to tell you, I've been feeling good lately. And the reason why? Koi CBD. That's right. Back in the game. Feeling like my best self. Look, Koi CBD is the best CBD company in the business. I don't care what you hear from other people, other comics. Koi CDB, CBD. See, I got so much BBD, CBD inside me. I ain't even fucking talking right. You know why? Because I slept well on the Koi CBD gummies. That's right. They've got everything from tinctures to bath bombs to gummies. Uh, they got a skincare line coming soon. They got hand sanitizer during these times. It's very important. So what you want to do, if you want to start feeling like your best self, you want to take some Koi CBD bombs, put them in the bath. Okay. What? Yeah, come on in. Jackson, I'm doing an ad for my podcast. Can you say hi? Hello. Say, I use CBD gummies. I eat CBD gummies. From Koi. From Koi. Koi's the best. Koi's the best. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. I feel like my best self. I feel my best self. Look at these muscles. Look at these muscles. Kiss them. If you get Koi CBD right now, you go to KoiCBD.com, promo code about last night, and you get 20% off your first order. That's incredible. Bath bombs, tinctures, skincare, hand sanitizer, gummies. They've got everything. They're my favorite. It's who I use. So start using it for you too. I can't recommend these guys enough. They're homies and all this shit works. Jackson, say 20% off. 20% off. If you use the promo code about last night. If you use the promo code after night. About last night. About last night. Show them those guns again. Kiss them. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Like in season two, we did a bit where I kind of asked someone to think of a celebrity and predicted that they would say Tom Hanks. And I kind of subliminally dropped all these Tom Hanks references in the conversation Whoa. when you play it back. And I think people love when there's like a blurring of magic and real psychology. You yeah. Know? Like I think people don't like to be in the dark completely. They, they, I think it's okay to let them behind, let them in a little behind the scenes, show them a little bit of how the sausage is made. They don't want to know everything, you know, but they kind of like... I think they respect it more when they know all the diabolical thought that goes into it. So I want to do something a little more complex like the influence. Uh, what, what do you get more joy from, um, you know, surprising someone that's coming in a little skeptical or, um, or, or seeing someone that's like somebody that's kind of like, I, I don't like the bullshit. I know how you do that, do this. And then you blow their mind with something else right after that, that makes them go like, I don't even know what's real anymore, man. Or the person that's, <laughs> the person that's kind of like real quiet and timid and like kind of watching in the background and then is the most kind of vocal and animated with their response. You know, like when you're doing a show, we focus on the person who's not laughing, you know, like that, that cross arm guy in the cool. front row, yep. the whole show becomes for them to break them, you know? So the audience the likes most, that too, right? The rest of the audience are like, fuck that oh, they guy. They love man. that. Fuck that yeah. guy. Well, you know, like when you make it known that it's about that guy, then it feels a little less of a, uh, of a of a of a win but yes. man like when you can then break that person or or you could tell that they're not sold on you you know their girlfriend brought them she loves you he's jealous he just wants to take her home at the end of the night when you can win that person over that's the best so i think with magic my favorite compliment is like dude i hate magicians but i love that show you know 
uh, you tour quite a bit, yeah? I did, man, back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Remember, a months ago. Remember touring? <laughs> remember touring? Uh, yeah, touring. I've uh, tried clubs it? for years. I love will, it. I love we'll it. Yeah, doing the, it, the theaters. Yeah. We'll get back to it. Wow, theaters. Uh, yeah. I don't miss it tons, like, because the travel is so grueling and being away from my wife and my son really kind of sucks after a while. But I do miss, I miss the shows, you know, that time on stage when just stuff happens that has never happened, you know, like the crowd work, uh, really, fe you feel alive. You know, what well, do you do you uh, do you miss? Um, how do you prep for a big show in a tour versus like a, a Tonight Show or an Ellen <clears> appearance? Lately, like when I well, when I'm doing Tonight Show or Ellen, like typically I'm I'm like sweating, sweating balls because I'm doing something I've never done on TV before. You know, they don't want to they don't you know, when they book you, they don't want you to do something that you did on some other show. You're, doing, you're doing that new chunk. So I'm like for for. Ellen or the Tonight Show, I'm kind of like running that bit around town, you know, every night of the week trying to just get it, get it good, get it good, you know, hone it. And then once I've, once I've shot it, it's the greatest relief ever once. Okay, good. We're done because it's yeah. not old hat with the tour. Like it's a little mix of like stuff I've been doing for a while. There's always a couple new things that I put in there. I take uh, my buddy with me on tour. He's kind of like my stage manager right-hand man and uh it's a i mean it's a blast i love getting to a theater three hours before the show i don't have the luxury that you have i'm sure just you know if they can sound check for me just rolling in there as a yeah, comic no. to set anything up oh no, you gotta prep everything i love getting there early and just kind of just getting the lay of the land getting everything yeah. laid out i know i'm set i know it's going to be great nothing i hate more than rushing before a show you know the flop sweat you get oh shit I, the crowds the, the doors are open stuff's not ready you know oh, like man. that's a, nightmare scenario uh is there the same way people will ask in the comics uh is there a favorite city you like is there a i mean i feel like the same way i'm like people want to laugh everywhere people are into magic everywhere so but is there a certain venue or city that you're like man i can't wait to go back there because there is a little extra juice in the people something about i mean i'm sure you relate like uh Acme in Minneapolis, that oh, club. Man, every time yeah. I, it's like every show is better than the last. And every show I'm like, well, that was the best show I've ever done. And then it happens again. Comedy works wow. in Denver, the same yep. thing when you kind of yep. get into a groove. It's just like the crowds are so good. And this, the, 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 the setup is so perfect. Everybody can see what I'm doing. You know, that's often a problem at some clubs like Caroline's in New York. The crowds are amazing, but the place is so wide, yeah. you know? So you got people over here who kind of are just looking at the left side of me. So it's bad for magic. And the stage is kind of like, I have to like wiggle through the audience to get on stage. So that's, you know, I, the shows go well, but I never like feel good after those. Right. Neptune in Seattle's. Yeah. Also. Killer, like, right? Oh, that was the best show. Yeah, yeah. I used to be so, a, uh, I used to be a movie theater. I saw in 2001, I saw Blair Witch Project there. Oh, um, really? And. Uh, Creepy there. And yeah, that, yeah. but it's got like a, I mean, Again, also like an intimate vibe, spots like that, that you still feel uh, are big enough to house like what you're doing. Do you sometimes feel like, are you looking with a theater gig to like make, like outdo certain bits and, and, and tricks to like go, I, I wanna get something to really fill this room that somebody in the very back can see? How, how many of those versus you know, something that's maybe just for the people up front? Well, lately what I've been doing is bringing uh, an extra dude with a camera and we project cert we project the whole show like on a on a big screen awesome. and 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 not because like i don't do any big i don't do any big box tricks i don't even check i don't check any bags you know so like it's not like any of the magic i do is like big stuff right but i found so 
I didn't need the camera, but once I brought the camera, I found that just by everybody watching kind of in this framing, when I bring somebody up on stage, or I've got a kid or some dude, the you so many extra laughs just from like facial expressions that this guy will make you know that <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, would yeah. ever nobody past the third row would ever see right that everybody sees so that's like a big revelation that that i kind of added in so and because of that it kind of made me feel confident that i don't really need to do any illusions right you know None is there is there a magician ch uh, chat like group text like you huh. and neil patrick harris like does, oh, everybody know each, does everybody know each other? Everybody though? knows there, each other. Really? And do you everybody get messages from these guys? Like when season three dropped, did these guys hit you up and go, fucking this trick or congrats? Or is it like... Yeah, you know, like Blaine, I've kind of been friends with... No way! Know, for ten, for like 10 years. And, and, and when I say friends, it's kind of like we have each other's number. Like, like sometimes he will text me back, sometimes he won't. But... It, it, you know, he's kind of a, I don't know, if, hard to believe he's a strange bird. He's sure. an interesting man. Oh, yeah. But I remember like hitting him up before Slide of Mouth, my, the Comedy Central special was going to air just to see if he wanted to, if he if he wouldn't mind posting about it, you know, a little magicians helping Hell magicians. Yeah. And then he didn't post before, but then like three days afterwards, he goes, dude, I just watched it. You should have told me it was good. I, I, I'm going to post about it. You know, he was like really, really sweet and supportive. He's like, I just needed to see it first. I can't post about something I hadn't seen. Uh, Copperfield, you know, is, is, a, is a really sweet, nice, supportive guy. I don't really know Penn and Teller too well. Right. We're, we're I, I think they, we know who each other are, but I've never like gotten tight with them. But uh, Chris Angel, I had a wild night in Vegas once with Chris Angel. Whoa. Go on. Sweetest guy. Sweetest guy. He owns that city, doesn't he? He owns that city. Fuck. He's a sweet man. Every yeah. Denny's and strip club you wanted to go into. That, wait, so what is yes. what, what is a guy well, like we that? Didn't make, we didn't make it to Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> we had yeah, a good yeah, yeah. time. Well, the buffet is better at the strip club. What uh -huh. what uh what did he what do these guys say to you that have that have you know just years on you doing it that I almost feel like too, it's you see it in, in every profession where like an older statesman kind of once they become friends with someone who's on the up and up they kind of want to be like you know like here's what happened to me like look out for this right. or this is coming. here's how or, we do it here's yeah. how we do it here, yeah, yeah you know yeah. you know i feel like what's what's different is that i feel like there's a little bit of kind of just like all right let's sniff this guy out you know like because in magic unlike comedy you know in comedy you can have so many you know a whole slew of greats you know household name comedians you know uh, so there's a little less, I imagine, competitiveness at the top, you know, like, right. I don't think Seinfeld and uh, Gaffigan are like button fist heads. fighting, yeah. you know, button heads. But in Magic, you know, like, there's only like a couple guys, you know what I mean? And like, I don't know if that's because of the audience or just because of the magician, but like, there's only, seems like there's only room for a certain handful of like known household name guys at the top. And, uh, you know, and they're all taken. You know, so I feel like there's a little bit of, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Not that I think any of those guys think of me as an enemy, but I feel like it's just kind of like, let's keep an eye on this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make, make, make sure he doesn't steal our shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, uh, for Magic for Humans, how much do you guys prep with trying to find, like the one at the car wash where you started to elevate with the sprayer, uh, that guy's reactions were fucking priceless. And, you know, it's, you're clearly finding a lot of very real people that their reactions are 
kind of ideal. So how, how many times, I mean, but there could be times, obviously, like it's a crapshoot. Like I'm assuming you're not just like, we're going to do this once and hope that this guy gives us like a great moment for, for TV. Cause what if it was just mm -hmm. like third guy I've seen, uh, you know, ele elevate today, man, fucking not really impressive. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, like, do you, have you had those moments? You're like, all right, well, we got to do it again and find somebody else. hundred percent. It's like, yeah. going, it's going fishing. Like you need like this perfect storm of, the the trick has to like look amazing on camera and you have you know it just has to look great but also in that same take performance the person needs to like react uh in a way that equals what so at the viewers they see a dude levitate off the ground and if the guy and it looks amazing but the guy there is kind of like huh cool cool you as the viewer kind of like get blue balls you yeah. know what i mean like it oh, just yeah. doesn't add up like you want to see an amazing trick and then you want the person there who's the avatar of you the viewer yeah. to react like you would react you know yeah. and then you feel like it's so satisfying when that person is amazed as as amazed as you would be if you were there so you, it's kind of like going fishing that the dude who we i think he was like the third person we did it for because we kind of like rented out this car wash so it was closed but we had like a pa there whenever somebody would roll up they were like hey can i can i wash my car you know, we kind of like vetted if they seem like a good expressive person. Yeah, 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 go for it, go over there. Oh, and then, wow. you know, I was kind of all set up and we would ambush them with the thing. That's so they, awesome. didn't, they didn't know that I was a magician or that they were on a magic show. Cool. Sometimes people, sometimes it's good to let them know, hey, this guy, Justin, he's a magician. You wanna see, he's gonna do some magic for you. Then they're kind of hyped in the mood for it. Sometimes we don't wanna tell them that because, yeah. you know, you just kind of, want to make them think that they're seeing shit like oh yeah questioning they're like they're tripping you know <laughs> yeah which he was yeah. that guy was was perfect yeah. uh do do you do um did you have jobs like day jobs by the way like before i was a waiter at an el torito grill for a summer nice but i just did magic for my tables like i was an okay waiter but i kind of was, it was i saw it as an opportunity to work on my close-up magic you know brilliant, brilliant. That it was it w was great because it really increased the tips. But then other waiters' tables would ask, "Hey, can you have the magic waiter come over to us too?" And then they would their tables would tip me. So it was a little bit of friction with the other wait staff. But what a brilliant way to use that though for practice. Well, you know, it's like the stage time. You know, like uh, you just need uh, you need humans to to do it for. And I think in comedy it's tougher because you kind of need a crowd. You, you don't want to oh, just totally. end up for three people eating dinner. Dude, my uh, first job was to uh, tour guide at um, Universal Studios on the Backlot tour on the tram. Oh, so dude, four hundred people uh, five times a day. And I mean, my bosses would start to come down on me, being like, "Hey, man, no one really cares that you got high and tried to buy an airplane ticket." and bought a ticket from uh, LAX to Burbank when we're trying to tell them about where Escape from LA was filmed. And I was like, mm -hmm. I get it, I get it, I get it. And maybe a little bit of both. They're like, hey, maybe we fire you. I was like, message received, you know? So a little less, uh, but it was- Did you love that job, dude? When I, I came out oh, with my family, loved. I think when I was 15 and we took that tour and I was like, I want to be that guy. That's you the best job. You would have crushed it, dude. And also when they put in the TV monitors, for you to play clips. Oh, they're looking I mean, at your face. Yeah, so it was, there was a, you know, the TVs were in every car and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I would, I would play clips, but then again, I started to use it for an opportunity to not just work out bits, but just perform, just, but, you know, try to make people laugh and you could hear it yeah. throughout, especially in that first car and, and, uh, and they were like- Are you driving as well? No, you got a driver. So you're just- Oh, that's great. Seat. So, I mean, dude, you could have done so much shit with that little camera and in, in, in all the cars, but, but I think you have to have, I mean, look, this is probably another thing that separates you, right? When you're thinking of like, you get conditioned after a while 
uh, and I can speak for uh, comedically to see things in a certain way to where like, all right, there's something bad happens, how to pull the funny from it eventually, or you just start to see the world in a different way. I'm sure that happens uh, magically, right? Where you're, uh, or is it majestically? What's the word I would put in this? Mag ma uh, mag magically. magically you, yeah. you're, you're right. It, yeah, okay. it, but it does sound like you're talking about <laughs> unicorns. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like seeing, you know, being in certain environments or world or um, situations where it's like a dinner with family members or, or when you were at, uh, waiting at the tables, like I'm sure things would happen where you go, oh shit, like doing this trick, I saw somebody look at me a certain way, or you get inspired by, by being out and doing those things. So you saw that as an opportunity to put yourself in a position to not only flex the muscle and work it out, but, but living, you know, live a life to have worth writing about. I'm sure that applies for, for magic too. Yeah. hundred percent. I love, I love the, uh, putting myself in like gig situations where <clears throat> it looks like it's going to be a nightmare. Like right. I love doing nooner. When I was doing colleges, I love doing nooners. My, I, I'm sure for comedy, like it's, it's much rougher, you know, nightmare. You, really, yeah. you know, you need a crowd and you've yeah. got like eight people who are eating lunch and who didn't yeah. even know there was a show. <laughs> right, right. I love that because I love when there's like low stakes or <clears throat> everyone thinks this is not going to go well, because I feel like it, it drives me into this, I mean, part ego and competitiveness where it's like, no, I'm going to make this great. You know, I'm going to show them that this was worth coming to. Like a, and uh, when my back is against the wall, I feel like it's when the best stuff happens, you know, comedically and I think magically, you know, and, and that's when those little gems, when you're, when you're thrown off balance, how you recover ends up being the best part of the thing. And then you're like, well, how do I, I got to make that happen every time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like when mistakes, like I love when, you know, part of my formula in my live show that I, I somehow get away with, you know, 10 times in my show is where a trick looks like it kind of went wrong or it looks like you f you're figuring out how I'm doing it. And then right. it turns out you're wrong, you know, like we kind of using your expectations and uh, creating this little roller coaster. Like uh, that's my, that's my favorite, you know, trying to craft those moments where everyone feels like this has never happened before every time. Do your, uh, does your, your son and wife, are they, uh, I mean, your wife has to be a fan of of what you do to have gotten on board with your life and you, right? How much though? Like, is it to a point to where she's like, if you guys are out, she's like, hey, fucking dude, like these guys, like they're, they, it'd be really cool if you did, or is it you bust one out, she looks over and she's like, can we just have one night where you're not doing magic? You know what I'm saying? It's like the perfect combination of both of those things. Awesome. Like, which is good, Which right? Is great. In that, like, when it's time for Justin to be, in, you know, doing things or in the spotlight or, honey, okay, you have something really cool new you want to show me? All right, I'll give you my full attention. Because you'll work it out on her, right? Like yeah, exactly. But if it's like, honey, like, we're watching, you know, we're binging a show or, babe, we're at dinner or, you know, can you please? Because, you know, our jobs, we don't have hours, you know, so we're always working. You're always thinking of, oh, this yeah. Thing. This is a bit. It's twenty four seven, man. Which you know takes. A so minute it's hard to, to balance. It's hard yeah. to turn it off sometimes. So I, I, I've always had to, and, and I'm glad. I'm glad that she's not just like some twenty four seven magic fan girl. You know, like she, she loves magic. We'll go to the, she'll go to, go to the magic castle. She enjoys the magic world, but also it's like, okay, we're done with magic. How about for for the rest of the day? No more tricks. You know, Whoa. and that's nice. That's nice. That is nice that versus balance. like you waking up in the middle of the night and she's just like, show me yeah. a trick. 
hey, <laughs> while you were sleeping, it looked like you were about to cut, cut me in half or some, something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so I'm grateful. Pr- there probably are weird, you know, the way that there's fetishes and, and freaks for everything. I just got privy to the uh, world of the girls are selling pictures of feet. I had always heard rumblings of it. Didn't know how true of a, uh, of a uh, uh-huh. business that was. So there's got to be magic freak fans out there that are like, you know, I'm sure. And how'd you point- discover this by Googling, hey, where can I buy some feet pics? And you're like, oh, wow, everywhere. Look, when you're bored in Sacramento and you're in between shows and your Sunday night show, look, you only got one show. So you're like, wow, I'm done by 830. Uh-huh. So maybe time to go back to the La Quinta. The Wi-Fi is a little extra powerful uh, today. So I paid for that 5G BTS, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, have a friend, I have a friend who sells her used shoes. To what the fuck, dude? By the way, people. no judgment. Like, hey, man, however I mean, you can make brilliant. your money. And the fact that there are people willing to pay what they'll pay for some of these picks uh-huh. oh man just makes me wish i had cooler feet you know oh man i have bad feet shit bad feet yeah but there's gotta be not some photogenic fans some fans, <laughs> not some, photogenic some feet. fans out there that that would like get some uh they'd be like just can just incredible just send me can you just can i talk to him for a second james lipton style can right? i get can i get his used wands does he have any used wands <laughs> oh like gently God. used or girls yeah. that like want to be cut in half, right? Have you gotten messages from fans that have uh, made you a weep or from aspiring kid magicians? I know you don't you haven't you was the stuff by the way you did with the kids was like unbelievable and, and them I th- well, I can't remember was this season 2 where about you got them a present that they'd wanted and then they could give it to their folks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, uh, that was the, the Christmas episode. That was, oh, that was, yeah, that, that was, was sweet. A, a heart uh, tugging at the heartstrings, man. I love doing, um, you know, bits with with kids because I feel like as the viewer, you know, like kids, they, they don't censor themselves. They 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 an adult, you know, you're filming with them. They're, they never forget that there's a camera on them. You know right. what I mean? So they're always a little bit dulled in their reaction. But kids forget there's a camera instantly. And will do and say and react like re- real and raw. And I feel like when you watch that, you remember that we all were like that when we were kids. Because we, we, you know, we kind of forget that. So it makes, makes you feel good. I love getting, I get emails from young kid magicians a lot asking for advice, you know. And I always love that because I remember when I was a kid, I would, I would, you know, handwrite and snail mail asking for headshots from my favorite magician. So I know, like, I remember the balls it takes to craft that thing to your, you know, your favorite magician. Yep. Um, I get, you know, when, um, cause Netflix kind of is like in everyone's home and you, you never know like what people are going through when they find your show. Like I love when people tell me like, Hey, I was going through a really hard time man. your show just made me forget about this. Or I got through that breakup or whatever uh, i did a segment with my mom uh, about alzheimer's in, in season two and so many people reached out just who also went through that with their parents and you know it makes you feel less alone which is which is really nice but then i get some weird you know some weird emails too like i got a dude the other day who uh sw- like he was 
like he's like, hey, I, I know we've met before. Were you ever in, in a mental institution in Cleveland, Ohio between this year and this year? <laughs> I was recovering from some, you know, psychedelic addiction or whatever. And he's like, I know we've met like some, some weird people and also people who like think that I've sold my soul to the devil, which I take as a high compliment. You know? Of course, dude. Yeah. I would love to get picketed by the Catholic Church it would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you're, um, I was really sorry to hear about your mom passing oh yeah thank you man thank you um, and i think you lost your mother-in-law right yeah stepmom uh, yeah yeah stepmom yeah um uh, yeah rough never really can prepare for that kind of thing you know um what uh she obviously sounds like she was a huge supporter and lover of what you were doing gave huge, you yeah. the, the stage name. gave me so, the I stage mean, name would book my gigs or you know she was an amazing interior designer but somehow would always find time to like you know, uh, help me finagle cool gigs was kind of like my mom agent for a while. Wow. Um, would like paint my magic table, my just incredible table. Like, so Come it looked on. all just like awesome, like all those cool things. And uh, yeah, she was battling Alzheimer's for 10 years. So that's kind of like the, the, for 10 the years, real, huh? so yeah, the real silver lining is just knowing that she doesn't have to suffer from that anymore. Cause it really takes this, you know, over the course of 10 years, my sister and I were talking about this, how we feel like we've grieved the loss of her a thousand times, you know, cause you kind of feel like you lose, this little spark is gone. And then, oh man, she doesn't remember that kind of thing. And oh man, she, she can't remember my friend's names. Like all these little things that disappear. And then you're kind of holding on to this, you know, five, 10% of your mom, but it looks like her and it feels like she's still here. So it's just like a farewell to the physical manifestation of her. That's the only, I mean, that makes it a little easier. It's just knowing that, that, she doesn't have to be confused. And yeah, you have to find those things to, you know, try to meet your own grieving halfway so that you're not just consumed with um, sadness, right? Yeah. I uh, mean, 100%. It's, uh, did she have a favorite yeah. trick? Man, she, I mean, she, how much, I mean, how when much? I was doing the doves, she loved the doves. I mean, oh. in recent, you know, like uh, in, in, in adult life, like she, whenever she was in the audience, just, cackle and love it my dad also like loves he's like a marine and a airline pilot like very kind of you know kind of like a drill sergeant vibe but Whoa. he would be taken down by magic like That's it would make amazing. him just like a puppy like mind blown like yeah. his, his whole universe shattered by a good trip. That's Didn't want really to cool. yeah yeah so they were i was very lucky that they were very supportive of it uh so they uh your mom has got to see, I mean, so much of your Gloria did, I mean, uh -huh. and, and shows and appearances freaked out. Probably was she in a place to see you on Ellen and, and soak that she up? She did. She, you know, uh, she saw me on Ellen, loved it. Um, I was doing like stuff on the Rachel Ray show for years oh, in shit. the cupcake Wars. So she saw like, she saw me get what I was working for, you know, all those years very much. Um, but, uh, you know, like um, in, in recent years, I mean, she would watch the Netflix show, but you can kind of tell when, you know, people with, with Alzheimer's, it's so hard because they just desperately don't want to be an imposition, you know? So yeah. you, they kind of pretend crazy. to remember, pretend to laugh when everyone else is laughs, even if they kind of don't get the joke and you kind yeah. of catch on to that. It just kind of makes you sad because she was so funny, you know? So, uh, yeah, recent years were really tough on, on all of us, but my dad really stepped up on taking care of her. So that's, that's awesome. nice to know. Yeah. Um, well, you're incredible. Um, uh, I'm so glad I've gotten to see you live and, 
and see, you know, it's really like my uh, girlfriend, which was uh, with me. That was one of our pretty early on in us dating when we went and, uh, and, and still together. And when we've You're seen welcome. the, uh, yeah, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, Hey, by the way, truly like magic castle rules. But again, like you said, it's like going to a comedy show, man, like everything's subjective. You can see good. You can see great. You can see fucking, and you were the last thing we saw. And, uh, you know, let's just say I didn't have to, uh, pretend to shuffle under the cards under my desk that night. There you go. Um, yeah. That was but, in the small room there. That, I, oh, that yeah. was the one week I did that small room where it's like 18 oh, people. Oh, for real? Oh, it was the best. Yeah, normally I do, I've you know, done like this. That was the, the stage and the parlor, but that was the, the one room I hadn't done. So that was a fun week. I'm glad you saw that. Oh, that was special, man. Is, um, or before we wrap up, I would, uh, I, w- I would love to, um, you know, obviously see if you could recite some dialogue as Armando from The Sweet Life. Oh, um, boy. But, yeah. but maybe maybe that's a part two uh, move. And that could be part if, two. Is there anything you could uh, throw my audience right now that's fun and light? I know, and this was, by the way, you, I know you get asked this all the time. So if you're like, dude, fuck off. I thought we could just have a fun Dan Levy catch up and, uh, uh-huh. and you and I get to know each other. But if you're as uh, compelled to, to do something over Zoom, if not, we could. Oh, a little magic. Yeah. Oh, fun. I mean, I do have a bunch of, bunch of shit here. Let's see. You did do the coloring book, but that was kind of my trick. That doesn't from, count <clears throat> from the early '90s. So, you know, I was gonna—I was messing around with a, a deck earlier, and my son—he—he he, he kind of goes through them, so and just shoves them back in the box, so they kind of all go the wrong way here. Right, right. I mean, you'll learn—you don't have a baby, correct? So you—you no. you guys, will, one, one day this will happen to all your decks of cards. Right. But uh, Adam, f- fifty-two cards in a deck—they're—it's okay. all a mess. I'm gonna okay. put them into the box here. Okay. okay. Think of any card in the deck, Adam. I can't have you pick a card, but you can think of any one of the 52. Make it a random one. Okay. What card? Four clubs. Four clubs. Yeah. What was our magic word earlier? Badow? Yeah. Badow. Say badow. Badow. Look at this. What happens is every card in the deck, um, well, except for one, every card in the deck is facing the right direction now. Okay. Every single card, except for one. Which is the four of clubs. Oh, no, 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 Badow. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? How? Why? What is happening? I'm Fun. dead. Fun. Dude, what? That was like nothing for you. That was like a, that was like a throwaway line in the, like the end of a big club. I mean, that's incredible. You're unbelievable, dude. Oh, thanks, dude. I uh, thanks, dude. I can't wait to see what you continue to uh, come up with and create. But you're, man, I cannot recommend Magic for Humans all three seasons enough. You're brilliant. You're again, you're likable. You're funny. You know, and watching as a comic, man, it's like weird to see, like my comic part of me, like critiquing the funny, and I'm like, it's all there, man. He's bringing it. Like oh, that's your great. jokes, little puns, little things like little winks and sound effects. Like it's really fun, dude. Um, my, uh, my nieces are twin, uh, 10 year old girls and they've seen the first two seasons cause I got them hooked on it. And, uh, and I know they're getting ready to jump into season three. So thanks for providing them with some entertainment and giving my them a pleasure. break from fucking the Sims and Fortnite, because you know, if you're going to consume yourself with stuff, have it be stuff that's like, you know, inspiring, like Fortnite is only, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, the, it's, it's what it's dancing or I don't know. I don't know Fortnite. I'm old, I guess, but, uh. 
it, yeah. it's a, it's a first inspiring person. challenge though. And I hopefully accidentally educational, you learn a little percent. something. Yeah. yeah. You're checking all the boxes, dude. Um, well, thanks for making time, Jay. I thanks for having it. me. I can't this wait awesome. to, to see you live uh, in person again, man. One day. Okay. One day <laughs> we'll be in person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, all right, player. All right, dude. See you, buddy. Great zooming. So yeah, it was fun. Have a good one. I'll see you, Jay. Bye-bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.